Hello NBA fans and welcome back to another episode here on the NBA The Week That Was. Today, I'll be looking at the three best games of the second week of the 2020-2021 NBA season. The season has been quite erratic so far, with some teams significantly outperforming their expectations while other teams who were seen as contenders coming into the season severely underperforming. Without further ado, let's get right into the first game of this episode. On Tuesday, the Sixers beat the Raptors in a rematch of the 2019 Eastern Conference Semifinals 193. The Sixers are looking legit, while the Raptors are struggling to live up to their preseason expectations. The Sixers sit at a league-best 5-1, while the Raptors are 1-4. Today, however, I'll be focusing on the Sixers and why they are doing so well to start the year. It took four years and a new head coach and a new general manager for the Sixers to figure out something that they should have understood in only two years. If you want to capitalize on the potential of a Simmons-Embiid pairing, surround them with shooters. Daryl Morey, the former Houston Rockets general manager, understood this fact and in his first season as general manager, he acquired two premier shooters in this league in Danny Green and Seth Curry. On the other hand, coach Doc Rivers is also buying into the surround Simmons-Embiid pairing with shooters theory by utilizing the two new additions alongside Tobias Harris to create a formidable starting lineup. With the four spaced out, as Harris, Green, and Curry occupy the wing, Embiid and Simmons are given the freedom to occupy the paint, the area where both find the most success. In the game against the Raptors, Embiid capitalized on the weak big men of the Raptors and had 29 points and 16 rebounds. With space in the paint, Embiid is one of the top players in the league. Simmons, meanwhile, continues to excel as a playmaker, finding the shooters in open spaces while getting the ball to Embiid when the moment is right. However, Simmons' biggest impact has come on the defensive end. He is an absolute force on that end. He is 6'10 and has the strength of any top power forward, but he moves like a guard. Combine that with an extremely high defensive IQ and quick hands, Simmons makes any player he matches up against absolutely regret their decision of playing that game. He is definitely going to be a defensive player of the year once if not multiple times in his career. The Sixers are looking quite good this year, and if, it, if they maintain the way they've been playing so far, they might finally reap the rewards of the so-called process and make it past the second round and be contenders from the Eastern Conference. On Friday, the Phoenix Suns defeated the Denver Nuggets 106-103 on a late Chris Paul dagger. The Phoenix Suns currently sit atop the Western Conference with a 5-1 record and they look like one of the teams to beat in the West. While the addition of Chris Paul has been essential to this team, the development and maturation of this roster and coaching staff is also being spotlighted to start the year. Let's start by talking about Chris Paul. Paul had 21 points and 6 assists, along with the game-sealing mid-range jump shot with 7 seconds left to make it a 4-point game. Paul has brought a sense of calmness and stability to this notoriously erratic team. He is still one of the top playmakers in this league with his absurd passing abilities and ball handling to go along with it. He is adept at finding guys for looks like DeAndre Aiden and Mikhail Bridges, two young sons who are thriving with the arrival of Paul and his playmaking skills. Aiden looks so much more comfortable in the pick and roll with Paul, and Bridges is using his advanced knowledge of the game to get into open spaces where Paul is finding him with ease. This has led to Bridges shooting 50% behind the 3 point line. Taking a bit of a tangent, Mikhail Bridges is looking like a dark horse most improved player candidate. He is averaging 15 points, 5 rebounds, a block, a steal, and no turnovers per game. He has been essential to the success of this Suns team. Back to Chris Paul, the player who has benefited most off the arrival is Suns star Devin Booker. Finally, for the first time in his career, he has an all-star playing alongside him. With Paul being the lead playmaker, 
Booker has less responsibility on his shoulders and can focus on getting in open positions behind the three-point line or using his underrated ability to cut to the basket for, for Paul to find him. Another thing to note for the Suns is the way second-year coach Monty Williams is utilizing Paul and Booker. Similar to the Lakers and how they stagger Davis and LeBron's minutes, Williams has Paul and Booker start and finish the game together, but he always has one on the court while the other isn't. This gives the Suns a star on the court at all times, giving the rest of the roster less responsibility, thus leading to more production as they are able to focus on their strengths in the game. The Suns are looking like a problem and don't expect them to go away too soon. As a Hawks fan, this game was a joy to watch. On January 1st, the Hawks started off the new year on a positive note by defeating the Brooklyn Nets in convincing fashion, 114-96. After losing to the Nets in a shootout two nights before, the Hawks came back with a point to prove. Analysts like myself have been high on the electrifying offense of the Hawks, but the defense had been dodgy. The Hawks had been struggling to maintain a paint presence with Clint Capella still getting up to speed and Onyeka Okongwu still yet to debut because of injury, and they were going through occasional lapses on the defensive end leading to easy buckets for their opposition. However, on Friday night, the Hawks showed their defensive potential that they possess by holding the Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant-led Nets to 96 points. With Capella and John Collins acting as disruptors in the paint, the Nets were forced to rely on their perimeter game, and the Hawks locked them up there as well. Sophomores DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish were given the task of guarding Kyrie and KD Irving, and they were both successful to a great extent. KD did have 28 points, but he had to work for those points in the face of Cam's length and active hands. DeAndre used his brute strength and defensive awareness to hold Kyrie to 6 for 21 from the field. On the offensive side of things, the Hawks continued to prove themselves as a premier offensive threat in the league. It was Hunter who led the way on offense as well, providing 23 points on 9 of 10 shooting. The Hawks have the great ability to run the floor in transition at a great pace while also being able to slow the game down and grind out possessions. They keep exploiting any mismatch they could find and even had some highlight plays with two John Collins posters. Overall, in the face of an expected contender, the Hawks showed that they have the talent to beat any roster in the league and their 4-2 record proves that. And with that, we wrap up this episode of the NBA The Week That Was. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and it would be great if you could share this episode with those who enjoy the NBA. Remember, now you can tune in on YouTube and Spotify. I'll catch you guys next time on the NBA The Week That Was. See ya!